재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 We are starting out the year and the week by bringing you the good life, as we usually do. It's all about the habits, pursuit, and bodies of knowledge that we think add up to a good life. And our guest today is Vanessa Burke. She's a professional trainer and athlete who's also vegan. And she's here to inform us about the vegan lifestyle and debunk a few myths while she's at it. Welcome, Vanessa. Well, thank you so much for introducing me. It's great to be here. So, you're a vegan athlete and trainer. I think a lot of people are getting interested about veganism and also vegetarianism, and maybe they're even not quite sure what the difference is. So can you start us out by just defining what veganism or being a vegan is? Um, Sure. Veganism is a lifestyle. And what is vegan by the memorandum and articles of association updated by... Um, the Vegan Society, it's a philosophy and way of life which seeks to exclude, as far as is possible and practical, all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose, and by extension promotes the development and use of animal-free alternatives for the benefits of humans, animals, and the environment. In dietary terms, it denotes the practice of dispensing with all products derived wholly or partly from animals. Okay, so to sum up, it means no animal products, no byproducts either, Mm -hmm. and also eschewing all animal leather or other products, like clothing as well. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yeah, but most people usually only associate with the nutritional aspect, so Mm -hmm. just... The, the easiest vegan is basically just food-wise. Okay, so no eggs, no mm-hmm. milk, no cheese, none yeah. of those products. No dairy, no animal products, no honey sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, no butter, no yogurt. It's just anything that's grown from the ground. Mm-hmm. So how did you become a vegan? I mean, what's the story with you? Uh, how did so you start out? <laughs> so the story, I went vegetarian first when I was around like 16, I guess. Um, but it all started when I went on a fishing trip when I was mm-hmm. around eight or nine years old. Um, my parents and I, we used to love eating fish. And I went fishing one time and I was like, oh, I want to bring this to my mother. And my friend's father was like, all right, well, let's butcher it. Let's get it ready for mom. Mm-hmm. And I was just terrified by the idea of the hands-on connection. You wanted to bring a live fish home? Was no, that I, the, no? I, or? I wanted to bring a fish home to eat with my mom. <laughs> okay. But you didn't like the butchery part. No, I was, I was a kid. I had no idea the process oh. to provide, you know, food mm-hmm. for consumption. Okay. And so I wasn't ready. He handed me a knife and then he just like guided my hand and we chopped off the head. <gasps> and so I'm looking at this, this fish's head, like staring at me. He's like, well, you've got to finish it. So while I'm like, scaling this fish, I'm sobbing. And after that, I just couldn't really eat fish. That's quite traumatic. Yeah. So that was really intense for me. And then I stopped eating meat for a w- soon after that. And then I was like, well, I'm curious about the dairy industry. Like, mm-hmm. I really loved milk. I loved cheese. I especially loved yogurt. And so when I went to school, I started um, working on a farm. And I, I started a dairy farm in Vermont. And then my first day on the job, a cow went into a breech birth. Oh. Um, so if you're not familiar with breech birth, it's mm-hmm. when the calf is upside down. Right. And it's my first day on a farm. So I had to reach into her and pull and turn the baby uh-huh, and pull uh-huh. the baby out. And then my boss showed up maybe like 20 minutes after the calf was born. And immediately after the calf was taken away from the mother to go to the veal dens. Oh, no. So that's what happens okay. to produce dairy or milk, which is made for calves. Mm-hmm. You remove the calf so that you're not taking the milk away from the buyers, uh-huh. from buyers. Okay. Um, so 
I remember just hearing this mother cow wail and cry and scream for her child. And I was like, what am I supporting? I can't do this. And it broke my heart. And so I quit my job. I didn't work on the farm anymore. And I was like, and I was in pre-vet at the time. And I was like, I can't be pre-vet and love animals and consume them or support an industry that Mm -hmm. tolerates this. So two rather traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. led you to become a vegan. But I imagine once you actually decided, it still wasn't easy, right? I mean, you had that (laughs) trauma, but really going... Strictly vegan, it must not have been easy, especially if your family was still eating fish and other meats. Yeah, it was more difficult in regards to social pressure. Okay. Um, I, for me, I was like, okay, well, I'll just read the ingredients. I'll like do my research because I've always been someone that wants to learn more. And I also grew up. Um, my father's side of the family deals with a lot of chronic illnesses, mm. heart problems, blood pressure, diabetes, obesity. And I remember seeing so many of them like grow up relying and depending on medication. And I was like, I don't want that for my life. And mm-hmm. so veganism kind of just made more sense because when you're eating that, you eliminate the issues of cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm going to be healthier. I don't want to eat the same stuff they're doing, what they're consuming. And so a lot of the stigmas that a lot of people have, my parents and my family also has mm-hmm. like, oh, veganism's a cult. You're going to like be that jerk. You're going to be horrible. And I always ate pretty healthily, a lot of veggies, a lot of plants. So the only thing that was difficult was giving up yogurt for breakfast. <laughs> Otherwise, I was like, okay, this is not bad. Okay. Yeah. And then you came to Korea. Um, yes. Not, you started being vegan in the States, but then you mm-hmm. came to Korea. Now, Koreans, we pride ourselves on like these healthy <laughs> cuisine and very vegetable-based. Mm-hmm. But I imagine being vegan is another issue already. And that leads me sort of like to my first myth. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult being vegan, um, probably in Korea, because there's so much meat now and fish involved in all of the dishes. So it's difficult to be vegan, no? I personally find it to be really breezy because, I mean, I remember when I moved here, I was researching, like, oh, is vegan in Korea possible? Because, again, veganism is a privilege. I'm very lucky that I can choose this lifestyle, but I know that if I can't, I'm not going to be ungrateful for the food that I'm provided. But veganism I found quite convenient here um, because I grew up in a Korean household. My mom's Korean, so Mm -hmm. I grew up eating Korean food. So I was very lucky that she taught me how to prepare everything. So I know the ingredients that are in most common Korean dishes. So when I go out to eat, I know what to omit. Mm-hmm. Or I ask and I'll please remove the say. So often I'll just say, uh, Cheshik means vegan, vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Cheshik sarami, mira, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. Right. Um, get on egg, get on bero, uh, <laughs> take out the egg, uh-huh. take out the shrimp, take out all of this. And Korean restaurants are quite accommodating because I'm paying the same price and they're saving money on ingredients. <laughs> it's true. Um, but a lot of like banchans, mm. most of it's pretty vegan unless you're really? getting yeah like i imagine like with like a soups also they have like a broth which is fish based mm. i mean wouldn't that be a problem for a vegan as that's well? i've so i've been really really lucky that the nice women that i've talked to that run mm-hmm. restaurants have explained like please no broth i don't want this and they're like okay is water and seaweed okay is water and soy sauce okay and it's they've always been quite accommodating and mm-hmm. so i've been really lucky here. But I Mm. think that if you learn the language, you learn some common ingredients and then know what staples you can go for. So bibimbap is always easy. It's that's a good very convenient. Um gondere bap, which I personally love. love, And and that's like a Mm. vegan vegetarian staple. Um a lot of noodles like kalguksu, sometimes you can get um dulke kalguksu and you just Mm -hmm. ask for no clam broth. 
a lot of it's quite convenient, quite okay. easy. That's true. I mean, Korean mm. is so varied. I guess you yeah. can always find some sort of an alternative. And I remember you showing me a little card, sort of you <laughs> yeah. can just show to, to the restaurants and then they kind of... Uh, prepare accordingly? Yeah, there is a great card that you can download on vegetarian websites or the International Vegan. And then this one's called Mm -hmm. um, selectwisely.com. And you can just print out a card. It's cute because in the front, it's got pictures of like the cross out sign of like meat (laughs) and shellfish and eggs and cheese and dairy Mm -hmm. and fish. And then in the back, it has it translated in Korean and in English. Mm. So that's a convenient card, especially if you're traveling. But have you ever come across any restaurant owners who are like, Okay, no, just get out. You know, we we can't serve you. Um, Try somewhere else. Never faced that, but I've definitely had, well, because I know food and culture is so connected, and I know um, it's connected with our history. And so I never want to disrespect Korean food. Mm. And so I know when I've talked to my Halloween and my emo, they're like, oh, but it won't taste good. Like, this is our country's food. And I'm like, I know, but just try it. Mm. I'll still eat it. I've seen a lot of um, sort of, I don't know if you call it vegan restaurants or vegetarian Mm -hmm. restaurants where they mostly serve salads and all vegetable-based foods. (laughs) And they're really popping up over the past couple of years. It's become almost trendy. So Mm. has it become easier over the past couple of years? Um, It has come like a lot easier, but I'll be honest, I cook a lot at home. Um, I really enjoy cooking and prepping my own food and really being connected to it. Once in a while, uh, my partner and I, we do go out, um, but it's to Korean places and I usually get gandadebap. But there's some great vegan spots, um, definitely in Itaewon and throughout all of Seoul. And it's not just salads. And I think a lot of people assume, like, oh, vegans, all, you're stuck with salads and bunny food. Right. That's not the case. Um, you can get really hearty, healthy foods that are not boring, you know, because... Who wants to spend like 20 bucks on a salad? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really great place in Itaewon. I can't name it, but it's wonderful and provides really complex foods. And there's several other places, especially in the Yongsan area, that mm-hmm. are very accommodating to vegan lifestyles. So, I mean, I want to come to another myth. You mentioned several times that it is a privilege to be vegan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Koreans even say that it's actually cheaper to dine out. But when you're vegan, I imagine your choices are limited. So is it not even more expensive and more difficult uh, being a vegan? I found it remarkably more affordable. Um, Again, I stress that I do a lot of my food prep at home and I save so much money and it's been really great because I, so I have two dogs and a cat. My cats, um, cats are carnivores, so they cannot eat like plant products, but my dogs, they consume a lot of plant-based things as well. And feeding myself, my partner, my dog's has been more affordable because we buy like things in bulk. Right. Um, but getting greens, I always stress shopping locally mm-hmm. and seasonally to get the most, you know, the most friendly for the environment. Mm-hmm. And when I just take care of what's environmentally natural, I find that I'm saving a lot more money. And I think... You and know, you still get the variety even when you shop oh, yeah. seasonally? Yeah, I the... get a lot of variety. So okay. there's always my like staples that I get get is like wintertime, I always mm-hmm. get my squashes, my roots. And then I always get like tempeh or tofu, mm-hmm. which is available pretty much year round. And then getting the greens, the winter greens are more available in the fall and mm-hmm. autumn and just... I've never really had a, an issue or any struggle with variety. Okay, so it's been, to know. I was fearful of that when mm-hmm. I went, first went vegan. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, why am I listening to non-vegans about vegan lifestyles? Mm-hmm. You know, I think another myth, um, not to be too narrow-minded, but we think or non-vegans may think that vegans are a little bit difficult, as in um, it's difficult to dine with vegans. Mm-hmm. If I'm 
dining with a vegan, oh, will she or he take offense if I'm having a juicy steak or a hamburger? Um, and therefore, they tend to feel that, oh, vegans and vegetarians sort of dine and socialize together. And it's difficult to hang out with them or mm. go out together. Do you ever come across that? <laughs> It's quite funny because um, I'm often the only vegan most people know. Mm-hmm. And I always come across uh, those kind of stigmas. Like, oh, vegans are so difficult. Like, vegans are just... I'm like, I'm the one you know. The one. <laughs> like, And so I think it's more of... I know my parents. I'm just going to use my parents mm-hmm. as examples. Um, they used to be pretty like upset about the vegan thing. But I think it was more their expression of their own guilt and their own fears <laughs> and worrying that I was going to cause a fuss. And I'm like, mm. I... I can go to a barbecue and I can find things to eat. Like being like vegan means um, being creative. And so I've never, you know, you, what you put in your body is what you put in your body. And I choose what to do with mine. But if you're curious about this, yeah, I'll talk with you. But I'm not going to, nobody likes being told what to do. Exactly. So I'm not going to press my, mm-hmm. my things on anyone else just as I don't want it on myself. Like, okay. you know, that'd just be contradictory it's very it's like not vegan also to show a lack of compassion towards humans true true we are humans too right yeah well another myth i think is um when we think of vegans or vegetarians you always think oh but where do you get your strength you know you need protein and (laughs) Mm. you need animal protein especially as you're an athlete and trainer Mm. we sort of naturally assume chicken breasts are the thing you have to go for animal protein so we think vegans oh you, you won't have the energy you won't have enough muscle obviously you've been able to overcome that. Mm. So that's the myth. How do you get your strength and and the protein that you need to build that muscle and become a trainer and athlete? Yeah. So I think a lot of people assume, like we assume protein, we automatically jump to animal-based mm-hmm. proteins. But when it comes to macronutrients, all you need are your carbs, your fats, and um, your protein, and then your vitamins and minerals. So as long as you're getting that sufficient amount, you're fine. Mm. And I found that getting adequate protein is not an issue. So going by the ACSM was where I got my certification on, so American College of Sports Medicine. The daily protein requirements for physical activities for sedentary folks that just don't do very much activity, you need 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per body weight kilogram. Mm -hmm. That's tiny. So it's like if you weigh 50 kilograms, you need at most 50 grams of protein. Oh. That's not a lot. And so most people, I always get like, where do you get your protein? I'm like, you know, you, a handful of nuts and you're, you're mm-hmm. fine, especially when you don't do much activity. I do a lot of high intensity training for myself, my own weightlifting goals. So in order to bulk, which means to build muscle, gain mm-hmm. muscle, you have to go on a calorie surplus. So I get from, I'm, I'm over protein for myself. Um, I do 140 grams of protein per day, which is way more than my body. Is that mostly nuts then? Or no, I do, I do like protein powder um, just for quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I do a lot of like tofu, nuts, seeds, even pumpkin has protein. Like it's crazy. You get protein in all sorts of vegetable sources. So you can get protein from things aside from animals. Mm-hmm. Like, And then it just depends on your activity level. So if you're doing high volume intense training like I am, mm-hmm. then 1.5 or 1.7 to 2 grams per kilogram of body weight, that's what you need. So mm-hmm. even like the ones that are super active, you don't need an excessive amount of protein. We have this idea that vegans can't get it. But. And you think also like mm-hmm. um, instead of one chicken breast, if you want to 
replace that with plant protein, you're going to have to have like a, a bowl full or two bowls of vegetables to get the same kind of protein or same amount of protein as one chicken breast. But you're yeah. saying that's not quite true? Not quite true because it's also like, you know, you can choose if you want to eat just, you know, pumpkin instead of chicken or instead like pumpkin's pretty low pro- on the protein profile, mm-hmm. but it's high carb. So I found the convenience in regards to just getting a macro balanced diet. I'm getting like if I'm eating beans, I'm getting my protein and carbs all in one versus a lot of people you're getting if, they, if you're omnivorous and you're bodybuilding, maybe chicken and broccoli. So mm-hmm. you have to have the separate carb separate, protein separate, but vegan, you're getting it all in one package. And I find it, it's more sustainable. It's more filling and it'll last you a little bit longer. It's more filling. Yeah, I find it more filling. <laughs> like I think, and this is another big thing in regards of just because I'm coaching, because I work with a wide variety of athletes, vegan works for me. Mm-hmm. Vegan might not work for everyone else. And so I think it's, it, you've got this great body of yours that's your own experiment and you get to figure out what works for you. Because mm. some people, one of my coaches, he works really well with high fat, high protein, low carb. I cannot sustain on that. I'm someone that works very well with a high-carb diet, high-protein, low-fat. Some people I know are just carb enthusiasts, and they don't need very much protein. So it all depends what works for each certain body. And I always thought carbs were the enemy when you're trying to train. It's and, and not. It's so interesting because um, it depends also. I'm going to go into a little bit of science, but anaerobic and aerobic fitness or metabolism. So when you're doing something like I do, like weightlifting or HIIT workout, something that's short and speedy, demands mm-hmm. a lot of your body, you need anaerobic metabolism or anaerobic fitness, which means your body and muscles don't need as much oxygen to get energy output. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing something like a marathon or a 5K or rowing, and it's long-term, carbs are your main source. That's what you need to help you keep your energy going for that long time. Sustain it for a long time. So carbs are not the enemy by (laughs) any mean. By any means at all. Yay. It's so funny. Like, it's when I always hear, like, even like my mom's like, oh, I'm trying to lose weight and get rid of carbs. I'm like, oh, carbs are so good, though. <laughs> like, you need carbs to do, to live. It's like the main, the first thing your body's mm-hmm. like, ooh, energy. All right. And you grab it from the carbs. But do you take any supplements? I mean, does a vegan mm-hmm. diet really satisfy all of your mineral and vitamin needs? I mean, that's another myth. You just don't think it satisfies everything. We were born to be omnivores. So we think that you need something else. So there, it is true. There are some things that you cannot get mm-hmm. from a vegan diet. So mm-hmm. vitamin B12 is something that is mostly is mostly um, you can't get from plants. It's meat based. Okay. So I do take vitamin B12 supplements or drops in my food, and that's not a big thing. You can get all your essential amino acids, vitamins, minerals from a vegan diet, but you do have to do some preparation. Mm-hmm. So if your diet's a little bit poor, these are some things you might be lacking. Um, you might be lacking omega-3, DHA, and EPA. So to help with your cardiovascular, emotional, and cognitive health, you need omega-3s. Vegans, we can get this from flax seeds, walnuts, soy, canola oil, etc. But these mm-hmm. are alpha-linoleic acids, Ooh. also known as ALA. The body only converts a small amount of ALA into DHA and EPA. So vegans need to accommodate this and eat more ALA-rich food or consume, instead of fish oil tablets, Mm -hmm. um, algae-based. Okay. So you're saying basically after all that chemical and sort of difficult things, but (laughs) all you need to do is just supplement it with the same sort of vitamins Mm -hmm. or supplements that any sort of omnivore would also get, but yeah. these are specifically for vegans. Yeah, this like so the 
the algae-based uh, omega-3 fatty acid is something that most vegans, I think, should get mm-hmm. just so that we ben- we don't have to eat as much uh, AHA-rich foods because mm-hmm. really our stomachs don't want to handle that much. And that's a lot of accommoda- accommodation. Mm-hmm. And it's just because most plant things, you don't get as much of those acids. But that's really it. Unless your vegan diet's super, super poor, then you need to make up for iron and zinc and more calcium and stuff like that. But if you're like working a little hard, doing a little bit of research, vegan's really convenient and quite mm-hmm. easy. It's just okay. how how much work do you want to invest in it? How do you learn more about veganism? I mean, obviously, you mm-hmm. did a lot of studying, but for someone who's interested and maybe you know they don't have that much time and they don't they just want to ask them a couple of questions or mm-hmm. maybe find a support group or something. Is there something like that here yeah. in Korea? Um, there's a lot of groups on Facebook that you can check out um, in regards to plant based diet or veganism or vegetarians. So people- this is available in both English and Korean. Yeah, in mm-hmm. English and Korean, or like there's always people there that are Korean that can help you out if you can't speak English. And Scott, and got restaurants and other yes this like too. there's i think if i'm correct there's a map linked to it that has all these like highlighted spots of ve- vegan vegetarian mm-hmm. or vegetarian friendly places and then there's a website online uh happy cow that's great and it's vegan places all over the world wow yeah okay so you can stay connected and just find something really yeah. easily All right. Well, um, I think we're nearing the end of our segment. So I just wanted to ask you one last question. I mean, obviously, there are many benefits of being Mm -hmm. vegan um, that you have experienced. For those who are considering going vegan, Mm. and I would think some of the benefits, oh, you you can lose weight. I think that's one of the common sort of myths. I mean, I don't know if that's actually true or not. It is quite true. (laughs) Clearer eyes, better skin. I think Mm. those are some other benefits that they tout. So in your opinion, what are the biggest benefits of going vegan? So you actually tapped on one of them. Um, Weight loss or just getting a healthier, getting closer to your lean body mass is much more approachable with a vegan diet. So there was a study that was done a couple years ago, and it showed that vegans compared to pesco-vegetarians or omnivores, a BMI difference was about a five-point difference. That's a pretty That's intense big. thing. And pe- vegans tend to be leaner and tend to be healthier. And then what you said about the lighter skin, cleaner skin, that's a lot because of the lack of dairy that you're consuming. So I know a lot of people don't like to hear this, but dairy and milk only has one one. <laughs> One job. It's to feed a calf. It's to feed a baby cow so it can increase by about 300%. Strong bones, strong teeth. Well, that's calcium. So you're mixing it up. You don't need cow's milk or milk for calcium. You do need calcium Mm -hmm. sources, Mm -hmm. which you can get from plants. Um, and then there's the issues like essentially no cholesterol issues, diabetes and uh, diabetes 2, type 2. The risks of it decrease dramatically. Cancer risk dramatically is lowered. You generally get at a healthier weight. Um, your blood sugar level, levels and insulin is lower. And okay. so it's just the benefits are massive mm-hmm. in regards to you just your body feels healthier. It can process things more effectively. And then your gut, just our gut is healthier. Definitely. So, and you just get more natural pro- uh, probiotics. And it's the vegan thing, I think, has been probably the best choice for my life because I know, particularly in my family line, I have a whole s- a list of things that I'm at risk of mm-hmm. just genetically. And you've been fine. I've been completely fine. That's great. Yeah. Okay, so you heard the benefits and maybe some of the challenges, but there don't seem to be that many here in Korea of going vegan or vegetarian. So I'd like to thank Vanessa for sharing your insights into veganism and give it a try. Thanks a lot. Thank you.